Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I could feel her behind me going up that lift and I saw that little glimpse of her face and I almost passed out. It was one thing for me to be nervous, it's another thing for my child to be nervous, and I thought, why did I say yes? I feel like now my mindset has changed and now I actually have to wake up in the morning and go to rehearsals and and I have to actually episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry reporting live from the inside of Beyonce's renaissance horse oh mm, what a time what a time I was not able to go see the tour in person I don't want to talk about it I feel a deep shame about that so I don't want to get into it but I'll tell you one thing both of my butt cheeks were sat the first very first screening I could get to for the Renaissance film documentary experience, really. The visual. And I had a time. I had quite a time. I'm going to share just very quick thoughts on Renaissance. I actually (laughs) took a little receipt that I had in my bag and a pen and was actually writing inside of Renaissance so I didn't forget. It's only four things. But I felt dedicated to it in that moment. I was feeling inspired. You know, I really was. We all have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. And I'm sorry, V, I had to use some of your 24 hours to, you know, put myself on. So we're going to get into it. We're just not all positive. So can I get a hell yeah, of course, is to Renaissance, the film. And really to Blue Ivy. You know, I talk a lot about how much love that I have for Northwest and, you know, all of that. But just know... The very same love and respect goes to Blue Ivy. Honestly, 
Not even kidding. I would trust Blue Ivy Carter with my life. <laughs> and I can't even say that about people that I actually know. So <laughs> that's just my truth. But here are my four quick notes. Just real quick off the dome. Okay, so in one of the looks she was wearing, it was kind of like almost poochy-esque, but like very colorful catsuit type of vibe. On that catsuit, she had like diamond like a chain, like a belly chain, but it went like it was several strands. And then there was one, again, no disrespect to the queen. There was one that just went right up the boop, 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 right, right down the center, you know, right in the, right in the crack, we'll say the coochie crack to quote Cynthia Bailey. Um, so I just wondered like, did it hurt? Cause it just seems like it hurt. Cause it was like, it wasn't even loose. It was, it was snug, snug against her outfit. I will say. So I just wondered if that hurt. Um, my second part is that Blue Ivy is an icon, a legend. She is the moment. She is everything, much like North, that I thought she was going to be. And she is a director, choreographer, a, um, gosh, a uh, rebel, a raconteur, just all of the things. I really wondered. Because we find out at one point, you know, Blue had pushed to do the tour. She wanted to do her dance. And B was like, girl, you got one shot, one opportunity. And that's it. You're going to do it one time. Something happened where somehow one of Blue's friends told Blue what people on the internet were saying about her. And she, that actually motivated her to work harder. She was in the dance studio getting your eight count working all of that but you could tell like the mama really jumped out and Beyonce when she's talking about this she's like yeah you know we wouldn't really give we're really not sure how she had access to that that information because we usually don't we shut it down and I just wondered like oh my god if you were that if you were Blue Ivy's friend first of all are they still Blue Ivy's friend that would be my first question because might be shaky <laughs> might keep thinking. but imagine being like 10 or 11 and Beyonce's mad at you because you showed her daughter what people were saying about her on the internet <laughs> I just I would piss my pants immediately but also there was another point where uh, Blue was telling Beyonce in a meeting because they're thinking about cutting Diva from the show she's like you cannot cut Diva from the show to the point where Beyonce has to be like Blue take it down and that's okay but she was right she was right because we saw the number and I was like that was incredible how could they have possibly cut that from the show correct once again going three for three Blue Ivy Carter she's incredible and I cried I cried watching her progress and I cried watching her be like I'm gonna do this and I'm going to really work hard. And this actually gave me something to like live for. Like now I have to wake up and practice and I get it. Like I have a purpose now. Like I didn't have to do anything before this. Now I'm putting in some work. Shout out to her. We love you blue. Anyway, um, my one, well, let's start before I, I end on my plate. My other thought that I had is that during formation, I'm thinking, Kenya Moore really does not get the credit that she deserves for Twirl on My Haters. Like, we know that this has to have been a direct result of Gone with the Wind Fabulous, because she's saying, I look like Beyonce, and she's twirling. I 
we really need to give uh, Kenya Moore kudos for that because that's like really an iconic moment. Is that, you know, like we could talk about everything that Nini has done. Nini belongs in her own category of iconography, you know, just in terms of housewives. Like that's just what she did is like, you know, light years ahead of anybody else. We could just say that. But in terms of like true worldwide cachet, I twirl on my haters. I just feel like that might be the most iconic housewife to like true pop culture references that we might have. Do you guys disagree? I might really need to think about if anybody else has really made it to, you know, like the big leagues. You know, like Nini's like clearly the biggest fish on Bravo, but like I've done and and listen, and internet culture too, but like in terms of like pop culture, like household name kind of pop, pop culture, like I don't think anybody's really reached that. You know, if we take Nini out of it, if you find out, if you can think of anybody else, let me know. And I have to say that my really, my true only one complaint is that they would, um, during the concert footage, flash to people in the audience. There were a lot of notable people. We saw Cardi B, we saw uh, Lizzo, Lil Nas X. And I just felt like when they got to the naughty girl part, like, why did they not show what I assume would have been Corey Gamble at the L.A. show doing his full choreo performance that he does for Chris, like, every other night? Like, why didn't they show that? Like, in my mind, just imagine Corey in one of his many silk two-piece outfits. And he's had, like, you know, half a bottle of Jay-Z's, like, Doucet. Like, he's just really feeling so pussy right? And before Kris Jenner lulls herself into yet another pill-laced, martini-fueled slumber, baby, I really want to feel your energy. You know, you see it, right? Tonight, I'll be a naughty girl, you know? Calling all the girls. You see it. Okay, that's all I had to say. Let's move on. I also think he knows the couch choreo parts to partition, but we, I'm going to move on. Okay. I really am. Okay. Our girl for the week is going <laughs> to the image. Okay. Our girl for the week is Felicity Huffman. Baby, are you okay? What's going on here, babe? It has been years since that whole operation varsity blues situation. She's been to prison. She's been through it. All that, all that, all that. So Felicity, our desperate housewife, <laughs> truly very desperate housewife, as as she uh, claims to be, um, went on an interview with 2020, I think, um, and she talks about this whole situation. And so she spent, if you guys don't know, $15,000 to fudge her daughter's, one of her daughter's SAT scores to like help her get into college. But she says, this is the thing that I think of all the time. Okay, you've got all the time in the world to come up with an answer for your behavior. And then people do this, and I'm like, why didn't you guys just, like, run that through your head just one time? Just one time. So Felicity says, it felt like I had to give my daughter a chance at a future. She wanted to be a theater major. Her parents are Felicity Huffman and William H. Macy. It felt like I had to give my daughter a chance at a future. And so it was sort of like, my daughter's future, which I meant, which meant that I had to break the law. 
So she reaches out to this guy, Eric Singer, Marty Singer. I'm not sure. He's like the one who was behind the whole Operation Varsity Blues uh, pay for play situation, right? She said, I really didn't try to break the law. But she says, they hired this guy after a year. He started to say, your daughter's not going to get into any of the colleges that she wants to. And I believed him. So when he slowly started to present the criminal scheme, it seems like, and I know this seems crazy at the time, but that was my only option to give my daughter a future. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but it felt like I would be a bad mother if I didn't do it. So I did it. Now she does go on to talk about how um, the the feds bop bop at her door and, and um, busted through and she thought it was a joke, much like, you know, we all did at the beauty lab and laser parking lot. Um, and how the girls got, or their kids got guns pointed at their head. She says, which is nothing new for the black and brown communities. But anyway, um, just slip that in there. And I'm like, Oh, oh well, okay. I mean, I mean, I guess technically it just hurts a little bit, but sure. <laughs> but I guess this leads me to my question is like, no shade, but like, how dumb is your daughter? <laughs> like how, how bad is it? That you felt like you needed to do to do this, given the fact that you could probably just make a phone call or even send a text, you know, and just get her like on a set anywhere. How how bad was it, babe? <laughs> like no shade, but like, I just I just don't get it. Like you felt like this was your only option to get your child into a theater major at a school. It's like a bunch of schools that she could have gone to for that. You didn't think she had a chance at a theater? And and her SAT? Like, what is the SAT requirements for a theater major? No shade, but like, you know what I mean? I don't mean, that sounds rude. I just felt like, you know, I just, I, never mind. I, Felicity, like, what's going on with your daughter? To me, I would be so embarrassed. Like, you really made me sound like a fucking dumbass. That even two A-list parents could not help. And you really had to throw some money at the issue. That's wild to be, girl. You okay? Let's move on. Because we really have a real tragedy to talk about. You know? December 1st, the day that will now live in infamy. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Our scam queen of 2023, George Santos, was finally, after three times, why it took three times is wild to me, but okay, expelled from Congress. 
because of, you know, taking donor money and putting it into his face with Botox and on OnlyFans and money laundering and, you know, just like the puppy stuff. We'll, we'll get into some of the highlights. Um, he's gone. He's gone. And I just feel like, well, is he? They've already announced, not 48 hours after this man was expelled from Congress, that they are going to be doing a film about him. Frank Rich, the guy from Veep, I think he was the executive producer, is already pitched it down to HBO. And they're like, cameras up, ladies. Let's get we'll get a script. Let's get to typing, okay? Uh, already. <laughs> this man has already tried to go scorched earth with several people, calling them like, you know, woman beaters, things of that nature. And if, honestly, I don't think maybe the reason why they tried to keep him or they tried to keep him was to get him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. He's about to let the chopper spray real bad. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I already said, I think uh, he's going to skip down to call her daddy and just like let it out. Just let it out. What happened to Madison Cawthorn? I just thought about him. What happened to him? <laughs> okay, I'm looking now. Uh, May, he pled guilty to uh, bringing, a load, bringing a loaded handgun through the TSA checkpoint. All right, well. So, to get into, like, the Hall of Fame of George Santos' behavior, um, he was accused of fraudulently collecting about $24,000 worth of unemployment benefits. Um, this was during the pandemic. After they did, like, the PPP loans, they then expanded it to help out people. Um, so he took advantage of that. He was employed, fully employed in Florida at that time, was making about $120,000. So, you know, probably didn't need another another 24K. Put it that way. Um, at one point during the campaign, George wrote a biography about himself in which he said that he ran a foundation called Friends of Pets United, saving about 2,500 dogs and cats over the course of five years between 2013 2018 um there's no evidence of friends of pets united whatsoever there's no evidence of a charity being registered uh no social media accounts anything of that nature there was one fundraiser in new jersey in 2017 for friends of pets united he charged 50 dollars a pop for entry um but the group that threw the event on behalf of george never received any money and George made up a bunch of excuses about why he didn't have the money. He also went by a name, conveniently named um, Anthony DeVolder. And he would make checks written to that charity out to Anthony, using air quotes here, and then, you know, deposit that for himself. Um, he also stole money from a disabled veteran who came to him because they had a service dog who needed surgery. He was this man was referenced to or referred to George or rather Friends of Pets United or Anthony, whoever. Anthony um never got that. Never got that. The money was stolen. Um in twenty sixteen there was an unhoused man living in a tent in central New Jersey, learned his pit bull would need a three thousand dollar surgery. Um they also directed him to Anthony slash George they put together a GoFundMe for that money, but then George refused to give the money to the unhoused gentleman. 
and the dog died about a year later. There's several dog-related Cruella DeVille-style antics that George has gone up up to it over the years. This is not just two of several, several situations. He also claimed to have grandparents that were Holocaust survivors. There's no evidence that any of them lived in Poland or Ukraine or any of the countries that he claimed that they were from. He's Brazilian. And um, he also said that his mom died in September 11th. Um, but then years later, he, this is, you know, 2016, said that it was the fifth anniversary, excuse me, 2021, he said it was the fifth anniversary of his mother's passing, which would put that up to 2016 and not 2001. Um, then he said that she was in the South Tower during September 11th but then passed away a few years later to cancer. They said that it, I can't remember what company he said that she worked for, but the company didn't exist in that form during 2001. It had already been shut down. And um, yeah, she was not anywhere near either tower on September 11th. They found out later. Also, during his uh, 2022 congressional bid, he claimed to some donors to have helped produce the infamous Broadway play Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Didn't happen. Um, and they don't really, the, the timeline doesn't make sense because he would have been in college during that time being a volleyball star. Something that they also can't confirm. Now, Christian Walker, remember him? The guy who was uh, Herschel Walker's son, who was a conservative, who moved to Florida and was, you know, talking about the blue haired feminist with the armpit hair ruining everything for the women who should just have fun, which like he kind of ate with that point. But that's the point. We'll talk about that another day. But now, if you guys didn't know, he is now fully gone to the left and is acting like we're supposed to just forget that he was like completely hateful and like adding to the rhetoric of being like a Trump lover at the time but that's another conversation for another day he told a story the other day about how he had met george in new york george picked him up in a mercedes told him this is my city car that he and his husband lived in like a eight thousand square foot or five thousand square foot house out on long island but they had an apartment in the city and like he was this like big baller told christian that he had a fat ass or something basically everything that george told him was a lie and so he ends the video which did make me chuckle like he told me i had a nice peach like so was that a lie too and it's like yeah, probably <laughs> i mean i haven't seen it but i don't know probably so you know gone too soon <laughs> i'm just kidding y'all i mean this is the not even close to the last that we're gonna hear George Santos, I can guarantee that, and I will share that with you all as soon as he talks to Z-Way or somebody. You know, let's just manifest that. With that, you guys, uh, we're going to recap the finale of Kardashians, and uh, yeah, I'll get you out of here. Body okay. right now. She had them in her when she was in your body. She had eggs in her body. Okay. She was inside of you when you were inside a mom. Ew. So basically, I made true. So mom's disgusting. so like MJ's trauma, okay, and Nana's trauma. What? 
was like inside is inside of me and you because it was inside of mom okay because mom was in their body and then it's in it's kind of it's okay. called something if you look at that's what generational trauma is Oh, we're basing well, medical advice off. Okay, I have a very quick recap of the Kardashians for you guys. Didn't even make it to two pages. And it's the finale. And it shouldn't be that way. I feel like the Hulu version of the Kardashians, at least, and honestly, probably the, the E version, too, has a tendency to, like, they'll get you in on the first few episodes, and then they just kind of get boring and peter out. And that really is what happened. Um, but let's get into it. Let's get into it. The family gets together for Scott's 40th birthday. They have a dinner outside and it's, you know, Lord Disick themed and it just all felt very right in the fact that I'm like looking at this and they're wearing crowns and Kim's talking about how they scam the system and how they were able to get famous and how Scott's kind of been the one who's been like, girl, what's going on here? <laughs> how are you guys able to do this? But they did it. And they're wearing, like I said, these like fake crowns and it's just very royal looking and it just felt very dystopian and like dark. But also like seeing that family sitting around a table like it's, you know, medieval times, like literally medieval times, not the horse stuff. Um, it felt right, but also wrong. It felt correct in its wrongness. We'll put it that way. Honestly, my only other notes for over the birthday are that whoever did Scott's glam, like, could you remember to just migrate down to the neck where, you know, because the skin tones weren't matching and it just felt very stark. Contrast felt stark. And, like, all y'all have beauty lines, basically. None of y'all could have helped a sister out. Rude. So the episode is basically Chris and Chloe and Courtney trying to unpack their family dynamics and then... Kim in New York playing American Horror Story. But we're starting over in, in California because Chris, Chloe, and Courtney are all on the bus, the tour bus for the Blink show. They're going to San Diego. Penelope's there. She's got a friend. Travis is, you know, in and out. The whole thing. They're going on this tour stop. Chris is upset because Courtney announced that pregnancy at the LA Blink show, but she didn't invite anybody didn't tell the family that she was going to do it. So she's just feeling very, like, left out. She knew she was pregnant, but she didn't know that she was going to announce it. Courtney says in a confessional, I honestly didn't even think to invite them. One, I didn't think they'd care to come. But when I did, I did tell Chloe about it. And when I did, she asked me to change the announcement to the San Diego show. But, like, it's not about you. This was our way to tell the world this is why I don't invite you guys to stuff. Like, it's not about you. Everything becomes about what everyone wants and the way they want to do it. And I'm just like, you know, I see this is why I didn't invite you to that other thing. Poor Penelope. Poor parentified Penelope is just begging her mother. Can you please, can we stop it with the pregnant stomach out stuff? It's all morning. Every day you're just bragging about your stomach. And I just like can't take it anymore. Please cover up. Penelope needs a vacation so bad. And this is why I think she's going to be moving to New York when she... She's going to be, like, the new Mary-Kate and Ashley when they went to NYU. That's going to be Penelope. She is truly filled with, like, two houses... Three houses, really, just full of chuckleheads. You know, she's got her daddy over here, Rain, jumping off of furniture and, like, karate chopping the fine china in one house. 
her mom is making out with this man with tattoos all over his body and just like i mean she's probably seeing things that she should never have to be exposed to just like the horniness dripping out of your mother like good gracious and then it's like <laughs> she goes over to travis's house and it's like dixie d'amelio and landon are fighting or whatever the hell they do on that other hulu show and alabama's you know trying to make baby hairs it's it's wild she doesn't get a break prayers up for p y'all anyway so they're on the tour bus on the way to san diego and they're finally making me I, this was actually on my checklist for when kim asked what do you guys want to see on season three i said i want to know how much how many songs chris knows from any of the people that you guys are dating scott barker any travis throw travis tritt in there i don't care all of y'all kanye how many kanye songs do you think she knows i i would say probably five at this point i would say chris probably has a strong 80 percent hold on five songs that kanye has even after all these years but anyway they're talking about like do you know any blank songs they're like no <laughs> courtney's like well sure you know all all the small things I'm like okay sure sure that so then she has Chloe, do you have you heard of what's my age again? She's like, I don't know. And Chris is like not paying attention. She goes, 45? Travis, how old are you? And they're like, no, no, no. That's literally the name of a song, Chris. Like, pay attention, please. So then Chloe and Chris have a conversation that honestly, I won't often use the term I'm triggered, but I was. This is very much a conversation that I have with my own mother. Where they're going to San Diego, but the bus is going to Del Mar, which is like, a, you know, a suburb of San Diego, I think. <laughs> but um, Chris was getting flashbacks. I could tell that um, she used to be out there showing a little leg and trying to get an older man over the Del Mar racetrack. That's what MJ taught her. But, you know, you guys can go to Patreon for that. Um, so she's like, why are we in Del Mar? Like, I thought we were going to be staying in San Diego. Like, wh what's going on with that? And Chloe's like why are you complaining now because it's already over like can we just be happy and if you didn't want to do that you knew that beforehand we could have fixed it beforehand but now we're here and now you want to be like oh i want to switch everything up and it's too late for that so like let's just be happy with what we got here okay we, you could have changed this but you didn't so here we are just put a smile on our face ladies and let's just live our lives and then if you really want some extra points, you don't directly say what it is you want to do. You try to put it in somebody else's hands by being like, well, how about we do this? Would you want to do that? It's like, just say that that's what you want to do. Don't put this on me. Don't try to imprint this on me so that I'm the one who changes everything. Okay. I'm going to take a breath. Okay. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. 
If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Okay, so anyway, let's go over to New York before I have a little panic attack here. Um, Kim's go over to uh, Sam. <laughs> I'm actually annoyed. <laughs> this wasn't even me. Kim's in New York, right? She's starting to film the first uh, little scenes of American Horror Story. They're doing the opening credits, like the teaser commercials or whatever. At some point, she talks about how sweet Emma Roberts is. And we do see like little clips of Emma, but they're usually like, far away like you know the uh, Kardashians cameras are like behind the camera so like we're just seeing them kind of talk to each other but I gotta say like clearly I don't know Emma Roberts personally but if you guys know anything about her reputation it's bad like JLo bad like not one good story has ever been told about her kind of bad from celebrities and just us normal folks alike so to watch her like, even though I already have this bias and stereotype of her in my mind, to watch her, it's actually like, oh, I think everybody's right. Because it genuinely seems difficult for her to be naturally nice. Like, she, it just seems genuinely, like, not something that's within her to even be anecdotally, like, on an acquaintance level, like, just friendly to Kim and Kim's talking about she's so sweet, so nice. It, to me, I'm like, if you look at her, it's like a struggle in her body to not be a fucking bitch. <laughs> and that's probably not fair to Emma. But I saw it. And I just, you know, I'm a I'm an investigative journalist and I can only report what I see. So then we go back to San Diego. Now Courtney and Chloe are calling Chris out. They're at the house now. They're like picking out the rooms housewife style. But they get to the kitchen and they're like, talking to Chris because she keeps complaining on the trip and they're like mom you called on the bus Matt which is her assistant to ask why we were getting off at the wrong exit Chloe's like he's back in Calabasas how could he possibly know the answer to that like why would you call your assistant (laughs) why wouldn't you just ask the driver like how is that supposed to know that's another thing that irks me but anyway we'll move on So Courtney then calls Chris controlling and is like trying to have this conversation about like history and how she has kind of made them also be controlling. This actually leads me to an interesting conversation because y'all know Paris's uh, Peacock show with her mama came out and she on camera surprised her with her child, her first son, Phoenix, that she didn't even know that she was having. So um, there's been a lot of conversation about how Kathy is, you know, the N, no. <laughs> I heard it, I caught myself. I was going to say narcissist and I was going to be try to be cute about it if I say the N word, but we all know, you know, I, certainly I should know. <laughs> narcissist. She was calling her that. So she <laughs> made a great point of Kyle and Courtney being children of narcissistic mothers wanting to um and I guess like to some degree Paris would be in there but basically like in order to like you're taught to please the man you're taught to get the man you're taught to like keep him have kids with him like these wealthy established men right move yourself up in life and how you can see with Courtney certainly um 
how her personal style changes, how her attitude is different with the type of people, well, the different boyfriends that she is in. Like, if you look, I might retweet this because it is like glaring evidence. I talked about this a couple years ago, but if you look at her style with Scott, it's very much like preppy kind of east coast a little just like more conservative kind of vibe she's wearing like skirts and tights and just a little bit more buttoned up very like complimentary towards scott's like kind of evolution into lord disick era and then she goes to eunice and they're wearing more like comfortable that sort of vibe obviously you could see the difference of her style with uh travis you know she's like rock on or whatever kim said the other day <laughs> oh my god when kim's like i'm not trying to like rock out um <laughs> and it's just like it's very different it's very like brad pitt does the same thing with his girlfriends it's glaringly obvious but a great point of like how now kyle's personal style has changed and how her attitude has now changed and now you know we know morgan is not a drinker she's sober and now kyle's not drinking and morgan works out so she's now in the gym and how her whole like i don't give a fuck like avril lavigne kyle's like in her avril lavigne era i'm having a, a light bulb moment here like she's really like please don't give her a black tie i can't take it <laughs> kyle is in her like middle finger avril lavigne era and it's just like another example of them molding to fit the person that they're trying to be with, even though both of them are like trying to escape from the matrix, so to speak, of their mothers. It's still things that are ingrained within them. I feel that to say, I think I may have to talk about Paris in this show on Patreon in a couple weeks because yikes, <laughs> I am shocked from the clips that I've seen that, both Paris or Kathy are willing to show this. More so Kathy. It, it's, if you haven't seen the clips, just check them out. Just look up the, um, Paris Hilton is doing her IVF shots and, and see how she, Kathy reacts in that moment. It, it's jarring. It's very jarring to say the least. So I say all this to say, let's go back to the show that Courtney calls Chris bossy and is like, do you, ever wonder are you ever curious about why that might be so i was trying to not go there so she's like look i'm 38 i'm not going to change at this point you know she's not going to change why don't we just accept everybody at this point like let's just let go and let god right courtney's like but you weren't like that just telling uh chris you weren't like that in your 20s but you also had a husband who kind of led the way but Mom, you can be backing your feminine energy if you desire. Like, it's giving love has one movement. <laughs> Truly. twin. It's giving twin flame. So Chris says, well, when I'm with Corey, it's heaven, right? And Courtney's like, yeah, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about more like being in your feminine, not overthinking stuff, being a receiver, not complaining. She goes, well, I do that on Sunday. <laughs> so Courtney asked her, do you go to therapy? Straight up. Do you go to therapy? Chris completely ignores her and just starts looking at her face and says do you have a little dimple on your chin there it's so cute chloe do you see that dimple oh anyway let's go do glam where are the glam people are they there oh and then she goes to look at the refrigerator and like just pulls some random thing out she goes look at this egg holder how cute is that a wooden egg holder mm -mm -mm. 
Chloe's just like, oh my god, wanting to die inside. So then Courtney tries to change the subject back and was like trying to explain biology and emotional trauma and the trauma that we carry in our body. But this is what she tries to say. Chloe, do you know that True has eggs in her body? Like She was inside you when you were inside mom. And Chris is like, oh, so I made True. Great. So then Courtney goes on to say, so like MJ's trauma and like Nana's trauma is inside me and you. And and so if you look it up, it's called something. It's on TikTok. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. Look up something on TikTok and see if maybe you can find what Courtney was referring to. Courtney says in a confessional that her journey of self-awareness started when she began therapy through a toxic relationship. <clears throat> Eunice, obviously. And she learned a really a lot about herself and her family and why she does certain things and like the childhood wounds that she had. And now those show up and like they show up in your relationships. They show up through generational trauma. So Chloe's like, no offense, Courtney, but we all have certain trauma. Like, why don't we just buckle up and let go? So Courtney's like, well, there are things that you don't want to pass on to your kids. And so Chloe says, do you think choosing bad partners is a genetic thing? Well, do you, Chloe? Do you, do you want to just maybe just look at a picture of all the women in your family and think about the partners that they've had? And just maybe. Could you say, could you at least say that there's a possibility for it? Science is an incredible thing. That's all I'm going to say. So Courtney says, well, I think it's generational and I think it starts with MJ. So Chris is like, but MJ chose an amazing partner with your papa. And Courtney goes, but she was married three times. That was her third husband. So yeah, maybe she chose right the third time. We've all chosen people that we think we can change and we don't. Like, do you guys not see that? So Chris is like, I'm not even thinking about that. Like, it's been a million years. I've had a very full and fabulous life. Why would I want to reimagine that? So what have I been telling you about the Cinderella syndrome? This is exhibit A right here. I've had a fabulous life. Why would I want to think about that? And like, not to get deep or anything, I feel like Chris clearly is like i can just use money to put a little gloss on the whole situation it doesn't matter if you know kendall's just puts a clown face on with regard to basically everything she does professionally outside of modeling and even sometimes that because her walk is not great even it's you know granted to be fair to her much better than it used to be but it's still you know we need time. Um, but, you know, it's like, you know, how can you look at Kim's life? Oh, listen, we all see there's major tragedy with, within all of their lives. They're just happy. And I do feel like Chris maybe kind of touched on this either last season or early this season where she's like, huh. Like, I did create all of this, but was it maybe the right thing to do? And I tell you what, I think maybe the most honest relationship Chris has ever had was with Todd Waterman, the tennis pro that she cheated on. 
with Robert because that was the only one where she's like, oh, I'm actually doing what the fuck I want to do. I'm not like finding this older man for a come up. Like she was comfortable. She had money. She thought she was invincible through said money. And that's why she was like, oh, well, maybe I can choose happiness now. And that blew up in her pretty little face. And then she had to get resourceful with Caitlin because Caitlin's broke ass, uh, squandered all her money. And she's like, you know what? Let's uh pop on some workout gear and see if we can do make something of this. You know, and she did. God bless her, she did. And like obviously Chris enjoys the spoils of her money, the houses, the planes, all of that, all that, all that. But really it's like, oh, I can just pretend like I'm happy and nobody can say otherwise. So I have this really nice suit on, I live in a beautiful house, I can go on a yacht with Tommy Hilfiger, so what more could I possibly want? She just has, like, a very 80s outlook on life, where it's just, like, money is king, and if you have it, then everything in your life is great, but we know that's not true. It's fascinating to watch. So anyway, Courtney tries to talk about what she learned through her therapy and the toxic relationship she was in at the time, and Chris literally takes Courtney's head in her hands physically points it in the direction of Chloe and goes look at her eyebrows like one's a little bit higher than the other but look raise your eyebrows Courtney see if she lifts her eyebrows they're actually the same height and then she starts to laugh so hard like uncomfortably hard about the eyebrows Courtney says in a confessional my mom tries to change the subject or like not face these type of topics but Anyway, therapy's not for everybody. But then she does say where Chris will completely deflect in the moment, but then send a message at the end of the day, like, there's always that one daughter in the family who does things her way and who heals all the family's generational trauma. So she does hear her. She just doesn't want to talk about her. She doesn't want to talk about it at all. Anyway, back to Kimmy's acting adventure. She tells us that American Horror Story is going to be using a different director for every episode. So the episode that we see is uh, directed by Jennifer Lynch, who is David Lynch's daughter. Um, she also directed some of the episodes of the Dahmer Netflix series. I, Jennifer is an icon. She's so funny. On a side note, I'm like really attracted to her father still. And I heard he was getting a divorce and like, you know, David, hi. I can, I'm 77, I ain't, I ain't that bad. You know, she still looks good. Anyway, um, I love Jennifer. You said Jennifer. I could be your stepmom, girl. <laughs> Unless he did something bad, then I'm going to take it back. But anyway, um, so Jennifer is just like, you know, I really try not to have expectations of him and of Kim. And um, she did not disappoint. She's prepared. She's no bullshit. And she's wonderful to direct, which is a good thing. But she's a nice person because like looking like that, I really just want to push her off a cliff. <laughs> and she was dead ass about that, too. So she just walked away. I think I love Jennifer Lynch. Shout out to her. Um, basically, after that, Courtney has her gender reveal, which is like, who gives a fuck? P producers everywhere. If we are, if the child is already born and we already know everything, we don't need to see the gender reveal. We don't need to have a cliffhanger of like uh, Travis do a little drummer boy, the but a sting and like you know the rolling drum, whatever that thing is called, and then they go off to commercial. Like we know. Courtney's acting like she, I had no idea. If I'm wearing this baby blue outfit, I had no clue what my child was going to be. Okay, 
Okay. Congrats. Congrats to you. <laughs> and truly, that was the end of season three of the Kardashians. No spoilers. Nothing new. Same old shit. Same old fucking shit. <laughs> All right. Is that it? I think we're done. Oh, if you guys did not hear my announcement on um, uh, Wednesday, Sister Wives, I talked about how I'm not going to be recapping Welcome to Plathville this episode or the last week's episode because I did with Poodle of Reality Gaze. It's over on our Patreon, so check that out. I think you can see a preview on the Patreon website, so if you don't have the Patreon, you can listen to the preview. Um, but I will be recapping the finale next week. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you.